and Brent. And we're here again for the ninth time. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Walking out of the last <laughs> podcast, I was thinking that, oh, and I'm glad you remembered. Speaking of the last podcast, it's not posted yet, so we're probably going to post eight and nine fairly close to each other. That, sure. You know, sometimes... It's still on average every two weeks. It, it all... Yeah, it, it's been pretty good, and it takes it takes some time to go through and kind of get it all ready and make the edits. And, you know, my family left town, yep. and I've been, you know, I should be, like, goofing off, screwing around, but I've been working a whole, whole lot. Long, long days. It's interesting how when your family goes out of town, you no longer have an excuse to... Uh... Avoid doing work? Well, I totally, I totally wanted to have what um, is commonly known as short-timer syndrome. Knowing I was going to be not at work for two months, I thought, I'm going to ease into that. Cause my, and to make it worse, my boss is on vacation this week, so I could totally have taken an extra week off. Yeah, but, but instead, what's happening is, well, I'm guessing, let me guess. Uh, guess. Uh, um, holy crap, Alan's gone. How do we compress all the shit that we wanted him to do over the next two months into one week? No, no. Actually, <laughs> nope. that wasn't it at all. Um, it's me being uh, kind of stupid, but not stupid. I, there was a project needed to be done. And I thought, I can take care of this because I can get it, we'll get it done before I go. It's doesn't, everybody else can focus on their day job. It's, it's contained. I can do it by myself. And then the project turned to be much more complicated than uh, I thought it was going to be. And what what it is, is I've learned a lot. Brent, uh, some time ago, asked me how I would interview people for my team. You know, if I wanted, you know, what qualities do you look for if you're building an engineering team? And one of the big things is just people that can learn new things. And that's kind of my, you know, one of my powers is like, here's something I know nothing about, but I'm happy to go do it because I can figure stuff out pretty well. And what it was is my team uses uh, Git for source control, and it's Git hosted in uh, Microsoft Team Foundation server. Uh, and we have a dozen <laughs> or so repos that make up our product. Why do you use Git and not uh, TFS itself? Lots of reasons. Okay. I'll tell you the two biggest ones why we use Git. And, uh, and one that has been a huge advantage to me. Git is, well, actually, probably the biggest one is, let me talk about the biggest one because I don't know all the uh, details behind all the decisions, but stackoverflow.com is the best source of information for Git ever. Mm. Everything ever and into, I've gotten partial answers or not complete answers from Stack Overflow. There just aren't as many because there's so many people using it. Um, And so it's really great. It's nice to use something that a big chunk of the software engineering world is working with. So anyway, so I think that's sure. probably, the, probably a good reason to use it. And then, uh, so what you're saying is is there, there's a large knowledge sharing community around yeah. this. And then, then somewhere farther up the chain, there's a move to get our entire organization um, out larger than my group moved over to Git eventually, and we're kind of uh, making the pilot the pilot move there. Does Does DevDiv know about this? Yes, DevDiv is we're, in, we're DevDiv thing to know is. Uh, Team Foundation Server has native Git support in it. It, it supports source control either via uh, Team Found- the, their old whatever the old source control is called or Git. It works really well. Awesome. So, so I, I didn't know about this feature. So, what they're saying is that they have an extensibility model. It's like, hey, 
our, our, we want to be the the broker between common developer yeah, activities. And, and, the, and the thing to remember with Git is Git is um, distributed version control. So everybody has a copy of the repo. I, I can't go and explain all the details of Git now. So it's you can do pretty much everything without pinging the server. You only ping the server when you want to update your uh, current files or to push what you have to the server. You can change branches. You can do you can uh, do a, pretty much everything else just locally. So the offline experience is fantastic. Is there any issue? Does that mean they have to have a, a clone of the the depot on every box? Clo- yeah. Okay, so if the so, depot so goes we, to like seventy petabytes. Um, the it will never go there because nobody we nobody is stupid enough to check in binaries to get it's source control. Okay, not 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 binary control because <clears throat> binaries get really crazy there. Anyway, not a get not a get lesson today. We're gonna stop there. <laughs> we wanted to move from one uh, TFS hosted get to another server with uh, actually and for source control itself very very easy. Um, it's it's amazing how easy it is because it's distributed. How easy it is to move where it's hosted. Um, I can get everything moved over. It doesn't even look like I touched it, but it's uh, so my name doesn't show up like you know Alan touched everything. You know, in our traditional uh, source control source control systems we've used at Microsoft, if the person with the most check ins is almost always the guy in the uh, in the in the build team who's doing all the integrations. Yeah, but. The thing I loved about Git is I can do all this moving around and keeping things up to date. My name doesn't show up because I'm just shuffling things around. History goes with it, but I'm, I have no part of it. Anyway, that's cool. So source control move is easy, but um, is that is this the project that you've been working on? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that part's easy, but we had also hooked up a bunch of. Here's where it gets a little complicated, and a little bit more off into the weeds. We had uh, we used the. TFS builds as well. So our, our code is built for us in the cloud, but not really in the cloud because we hooked it up to an on-premise build controller, which you can do. Now we're getting deeper into the weeds. And uh, a lot of our unit tests actually run for all our components, run right after build, right now, because we're just starting up, and this will be in the long term working this way, but they run on that server. Okay. And I there was some... Great documentation how to set up a new build controller because I had to set up a new build controller. And the documentation was about 90% done, yet deemed complete. So I, I found things like, oh, I got to install this <coughs> on the server. Oh, and I found um, this will, This is interesting. So it's been, I've been neck down trying to get builds to work um, and get, try and replicate that other server on the new server. Been taking a bunch of my time. I think we're pretty much over the humps now. It's good. There's a different, all kinds of little things that were different. I had to deal with. I wrote this really cool uh, PowerShell script. Oh, God, I want to get into this. Um, I won't. I, I, I won't. I won't explain why. But it actually reads. This is um, pure hack, but I put a big smile on my face when it worked. Um, I had to create a security group, a, v, a VSO security group that had everybody on the team except for a few. So, so it had I, a blacklist. A blacklist, and I, and I give deny access on one of the branches to that list that doesn't include the other people, so they're on because deny overrides. And now I'm explaining right. everything. anyway. Yeah. So I wrote this thing that reads from uh, uh, Active Directory and gets the members of the distribution list uh, of the full team, takes the distribution list that has the people that are whitelisted, removes those from that list, and then writes the resultant list to a VSO security group. <laughs> So I've been using a lot of PowerShell, so that's been fun to learn that. Just uh, 
new stuff to learn. It's been great. Uh, getting everything working has been a little bit of a pain, but it's, it's getting there, but taking a ton of my time. So that's what I've been doing on my pre-summer break instead of just, you know, goofing off. But I think we may – it's funny. Yesterday, uh, I sent mail because I was actually feeling some anxiety because I have like – I still have like packing to do. I have a little shopping to do. I have to clean the house. I have to actually, in the middle of all this, before I leave next Wednesday, have to leave town for a couple of days to go see my dad before I leave. And I'm looking at everything I have to do. And then the damn tire light came on in the car and going – and there's a bunch of stuff I need to – my wife gave me to bring back to the store. I'm going, crap, what am I going to get all this done? So I'm actually uh, – freaking out a little bit which is not my normal thing so yesterday i uh i sent mail to our our dev director i said look i'm about to throw in the towel here's where we are these things aren't working yet um i'm i'll send you a status later tonight and it was funny just the act of me sending that mail saying that i'm freaked out so we're gonna throw in the towel and the only thing stopped me from throwing in the towel is I just feel bad about now I have to transfer the remaining work to somebody else and, and have them babysit the move and make sure nothing else goes crazy. Yep. Uh, so I was feeling bad. But as soon as I sent the mail with the option that, hey, I'm going to not worry about this anymore, um, the anxiety went away. Mm-hmm. I made a little more progress. And as of last night, um, it looks like we're back on track to make a, to get it done this weekend. We'll do a little bit of babysitting tech support uh, early next week, and then we should be good to go. But it's been crazy. Has he given you someone to hand off to? Uh, not directly, but um, we both know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this project, I thought I'll just... That'll be fantastic. Stuff I'll do, I'll learn, it'll be fun. It's been a great learning experience. A little bit of high-stress work, and uh, but it's... I think it's all under control. I haven't checked my mail in the last since I've been on this ten minute diatribes. But, uh, <laughs> but, but crazy, anyway. Yeah, it's one of those things. So, if if you were an employee on my team and you sent me that message, you would have two other people to help you immediately because I I, I do not like things not done before vacation. Because one of the things that I'm a big believer in is that ticket is always flowing forward. Mm-hmm. And we every ticket on, on my team's board has to be done in two weeks or less. And so if, if, if it's not done or it's not risk of being done, then I need to get other people aboard. Because I, I do want you to go on your vacation mm-hmm. and, and not have to look at email. Um, and I want the project to continue going forward. Yeah, I think there's this this weird feeling that... Oh, Alan has it under control, because I usually do. But even when I, but then when I don't, that they don't believe me. Yeah, you you kind of got this. Um, you're you're the the boy who never cries wolf. <laughs> Maybe I can do it myself. <laughs> so uh, one thing I forgot to mention, um, I forgot the punchline in all this. So we use a couple of our repos use uh, Git submodules. Don't I'll, I'll explain it to you I later. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're really they behave really freakily, and moving them is interesting because uh, the there's a parent module that contains this pointer to the sub module, and you have to update it without really updating it, and it's crazy. But um, so I searched I searched the web on you know Git sub modules. A lot of great questions and answers on. Um, I assume on, it's on a Stack PowerShell Overflow. command. No, Git sub sub modules oh. are part of Git. Okay, um, but there are. I came across when I searched for Git submodules. If you do it, you'll see all kinds of articles on why Git submodules are evil. 
you know, why our company doesn't use Git submodules. <laughs> and I know I didn't read, I didn't have time to read the articles, but I know why they write them. So how many of our five listeners? <laughs> Are you I don't know. Okay, they've all shut off now. So, so Brett, I'm going to ask you this first. Maybe I'll answer it afterwards. But yeah. I'm going to be gone from next Wednesday until sometime after the 1st of September, like September 4th, 5th. I can't remember. Um, a lot of changes going on lately. What does the world look like, do you think? What, 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 when Alan comes back to work after ignoring work for two months – um, or ignoring pretty much software world for two months. When I come back, what are some things I go, wow, that change really happened fast. It's a big change since I left. Or do you think it'll be, it's only two months, it'll be all the same? It's, it's, it's interesting. When I, when I try to think through it, there is a, um, we, we often talk about these, these uh, two divisions in our company, uh, both primarily execution-focused, I think when you come back, one of them will have flipped the switch, and I, I think right in that time, uh, you'll you, you'll come back right in the the crazy time where everyone's running around like headless chickens, going ah they just did this I don't know why, right? So there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, podcast fodder around yeah. the question why yet again. We, we, yeah, so you should start building up a just take a little like one note notebook or a notepad and and just uh, keep a, a long list. We'll prioritize in September. I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking we could just print out the transcript of episode two or three or whatever it was and then just read it. But we could do it like with, with pirate or British accents or something and just re- repeat it all over again. That's not even funny. <laughs> but uh, it kind of reminds me, have you seen um, – uh, is it Fallon? Who, who has the people read their read the mean tweets about them? Oh, that's um, Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway we, could, we could just – if, if you would all, our five listeners, if you'd all just uh, tweet mean things about us, Brent and I will read them. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one thing, though, that, that was interesting, I ended up um, talking with a few folks from your old neck of the woods, also mine, uh, uh, Xbox Org. Oh, yeah. And um, the most common question that I've been getting is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Windows isn't really going to go with this for a while, right? So we're we're protected. And I'm like, okay, first off, this concept of protected kind of bothers me. You sh- really, <laughs> you shouldn't, you well, should be diving all in and forcing through this quote unquote wall of protection. Ha- having spent two years in Xbox, yep. um, there is uh, a strong culture of, and this is, you know, whether it's good or bad it, could, it is up for debate but a strong culture of we're different so leave us alone yes we're not like you so leave us alone right and the the thing i i burst their bubble on i'm like no uh windows windows core yeah they'll take a they won't be on this um when you come back not yet but the, the, there will they, be a lot of teams. What is the name of that group now? ASG, OSG, what's the whole Windows division? Oh, OSG. OSG. There will be a large number of teams within that division that will have executed this. And what's this again? The the, the culture changes that are happening, the stuff that we listed yeah, off. I don't, I don't gone, think it'll yeah. happen. 
I think OSG will be the honestly the They'll last, the last, to orga- last organization to, to really f- figure this out. They'll be the last to finish, but there will there there are already um, teams within OSG that are starting. As best as I can tell, is that they're they're going through the teams where it, it seems like there's little risk to, um, for lack of a better, the little risk to the bottom line by engaging that switch. All right, we'll see. And and I see what I told those guys is I I see no I see nothing about Xbox that will insulate them from this change. No, I don't see that either. But I I just. I think well, uh, we can go back and forth on this, but when I come back, my hunch is, and maybe I'm just feeling cynical, is that I will see lots of groups with big changes and going on, and I will see little change in uh, OSG. Outside of my, our team, we're, we're different. We're insulated. <laughs> no, uh, we're <laughs> under the OSG umbrella, but we're not like anything there, which I can say that. I don't know if that keeps us protected, but we are... We may make some huge, big changes. I could, I could totally see coming back in two months and having engineering managers and engineering teams versus a, a slight discipline ownership that we have. Now. I have <clears throat> just hit my first conversation with a uh, a leader from from that group who who communicated to me that the discussions around the the quality org that that was formed up six nine months ago. Right, um, doing the next step of the change. So, in, in nutshell, uh, kind of getting rid of the quality orgs. Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, when we set up our quality org, our test org, we one thing we did, which is I can't remember why we did it, but I'm happy we did it. Is we don't have um, our quality org does different. We don't do any automated testing. We're doing some instrumentation analysis, end-to-end, you know, uh, long tests, um, which I guess could be automation, but more stress and load, mm-hmm. uh, making sure we have deployment systems, test in production, et cetera. Our dev org is set up. We have uh, dev managers who own functional parts of the product. I won't go into all the pieces, but they own functional pieces. And we have our our quality managers own some scenario areas or, or, or data analysis. What that means is there's no peer in the old world. There was a dev manager and they had a matching test manager. Right. And, and you know, they knew who to go, Hey, help me test this. Da, da, da. Our org is set up now where that doesn't exist. And it's fine because our devs are writing all the functional tests and, and we're looking at things from a bigger picture. But I thought about this and the fact that we don't line up at all means you could just as well call us an engineering team mm-hmm. and and give us all one title or, or or whatever, and then run it the same way. That's like, exactly so. That's, so so we are we're exactly, we're, we're basically an engineering team with titles in these loose walls. To it, it's a nice. I realized it wasn't planned this way, but it's a nice. We're set up well for a transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could come in tomorrow and say, you know what, everybody, you're going to keep on doing the same thing. But it doesn't make sense to give us all different titles and to, and to set up any sort of artificial walls organizationally. We're going to shift some leadership positions around to make it make sense. But um, keep doing the same work. But we're going to change. We're gonna, just going to change some 
trivial bits around the outside. Yes and no. I mean, if you guys have already formed up that you're sort of... Um, so the, these these other engineering orgs, the orgs that you call the dev orgs today, right? are they your customers? Are they your partners? How, how do they interact with your team? We do different work. Entirely different work? Uh, not... We're all working on software. And and the same software, right? Well, maybe. And I guess the difference is we're working mostly on the meta <laughs> software. Working on we're working on software that tells us about the product. They're working on the actual implementation of the product. Okay. So you you're producing a bunch of knowledge about the product. Who takes action on that knowledge? I'm thinking. Um, it depends on the knowledge. Right. And I, I imagine a non-trivial amount of that is the actual yeah, dev org. for sure. Yeah. Right? So they're essentially your customers. I, I don't like that statement. Too, too bad? All right. Go on. <laughs> go on. No, why do you not like that statement? You rather view yourself as isolated from them? No, or? I don't want to be isolated from them. I don't know if when... We're better together. When, we're one Microsoft... That's a great it, cliche, me, but a, actions is what lines that up and makes it true. Them being our customers uh, is like one step away from saying we're service providers for the team, and uh, that, that even bristles my hair a little bit farther. Okay. But your hair bristling doesn't make it not true. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Anyway, you have a point buried under your questioning, so get to it. <clears throat> I, I may have gone into the weeds. One of the ch so that's exactly how my team is organized now. So what you would call the quality org, I kind of frame it as sort of the systems org, but not systems as in the BS system test team that we used to have 15 years ago, but more of sort of the system end to end. We're the guys whose job it is to figure out how everything integrates in terms of the, the behavior of the system and the behavior of the customer. and um, but So we're also producing a lot of knowledge. But the whole point of that knowledge production is it has to be produced in a timely enough fashion along with the correct actions so that the correct actions can be taken. Which, which basically, in my view, makes us one of the most critical pieces of the whole division because you have a whole bunch of people um, generally focused on getting their own stuff done, right? Their, their, their expertise is, I know how to build this streaming engine, as an example, right? And not necessarily have the, there's this term called cognitive limitations. Humans, unfortunately, are only able to remember N number of things, and that N is very finite, and mine's right around three. <laughs> Um, the, so when they're knee deep in their code, right, they're, they're thinking about their bugs and they're thinking about their definition of done around this, this new code quality and whatever test cases need to be done or need to be done, but they're not necessarily thinking through, okay, once this is done, how do I prove that, that this has added any value? How do I fail fast? How do I stop, um, how do I enhance the value that, that my code's doing? How do I stop it? How do I make sure that what I just did didn't integrate or didn't, 
fail to integrate with that team uh, that that is in an entirely different building that I hardly ever talk to, right? That's where you sort of need this this. Um, I don't even like calling it the quality team, but that's how you frame it. Well, that's that's the value proposition. I, 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 for that I didn't team. make the call. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I liked calling it a quality team. The, the The problem is we're still not focused on actual quality. There's still a, this big battle that quality means bugs. <laughs> and, and I'm really looking forward to the day that, that that definition dies. A lot of people put air quotes. I'm putting air quotes up here on the podcast. But air quotes around quality team. Well, the quality team does blah, blah, blah. And uh, I think... That's one of the problems with not, not just the name, couldn't call them quality or test or whatever, no matter what you do, but one of the problems in giving having separate teams to work on the same software in, from different angles causes those sort of air quotes to go around there in that mystery. Yeah, and, and momentum will move in the direction that people are used to unless there's something that, that triggers that change. So when, yeah. you, when you frame yourself as a quality team or you staff up something like this that says, no, we're an engineering team, but 90% of your org is X test. So aren't you just another test team? No, we are another engineering team. Right. Um, well, and just going back to my original story, this is, I, I doubt it's something that's typical for that's something that a typical tester would go do. Um, the build nope. stuff. To go to go fix not the but the source control move and, and the build stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if a tester would typically do that. I don't think it matters on and nobody on our team had any you know trust issues me doing that. I said, hey, I'm going to give you guys your time back. I'm going to go take care of this. There was no uh, well, you're just from the quality org. Are you sure you know how to do this? It's like okay, Alan will figure it out. I almost did. Anyway, you're uh, special. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I'm special. I think we. I think it just kind of comes back to. When you have a team of generalizing specialists, specializing generalists, however, Those guys. however you want to view it, people with some some tree shaped T shaped personas, wide with some depth. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm like the what? He said what? People should be comfortable filling in and picking up pieces where they need to. People should look for places they can provide value mm-hmm. and then do the do work. Do it. Yeah. Right. No. So one of the speeches that I've been given a lot lately is is um, particularly when we did this reorg, because um, there's a lar- larger number of people who are in in this new org that came from from test. Oh, and this is this is something that's cool. <laughs> Should so, I put some air quotes around that? Yeah. Sarcasm factor twelve point seven. I'm on a new V team. Oh, okay. I'm not going to go to the V team thing. Yep. Tell me about your new yep. V team. We, we, we talked about the V team. You'll even like the title of the V team. I'm on the combined engineering V team. You know, I hate that. <laughs> I do. You know, I think that term's stupid. It's just engineering. And you know why I'm on it? Because I'm just to piss me off. <laughs> no. So it's basically, if you look at the attendees of this combined engineering team, it's mostly people who came from dev. I'm the only one on that list who has ever actually worked in a combined engineering environment. And they out, they outnumber me like eight to one. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, 
So it's going to be this combined engineering topic. It's going to be a V team and a bunch of people who believe they know what they're talking about, and I'm going to be outvoted. I'm like, this will be nothing but glorious, fun, and exciting. You know, I got to tell you, if I got an opportunity... It is critical, though. If I got an opportunity to be in your shoes, I would take it 10 out of 10 times. I, to, to do that, to be like the guy in the room full of people who are good... Because it's such an easy battle to win. How so? I, to me, the uh, done right, an engineering team, is very efficient way to work and i think it's a way to get people keep the whole team happy about what they're doing because you, you can do that orchestration of leveraging people's passions and make sure people are doing what and looking for people who can find out what needs to get done and provide value so i think done right the done actually even done more than half right but close to right even if you, you mess up a few things the value shows itself so quickly that you win people over i know i would get people even with those those naysayers in the room saying well i could just try this. Let's talk about this and talk about, and I could find stories and anecdotes from the past about some back and forth things. I think I could, I feel confident that I could influence that group and it would be a fun exercise to be in. Cause I'm, I'm so enamored. I'm so something with the, uh, the data and experiences around, around that move that I think I could win over that group no matter how pissed off and stodgy they were. Well, maybe I can, uh, I can stall it for two months and invite you as a, <laughs> as a, uh, as a uh, my, my nor- outside observer. My normal internal consulting fees. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, 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 there, there are a few people who I would classify on that list that are um, very open-minded. There's, there's a, a, others who I have found kind of fall back to the whole, hey, I've been doing this for 20 years. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? My head just went, it's because you've been doing this for 20 years that you don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, uh, but th- that's not what I'd actually say out loud. I, I am, we, we have a, <clears throat> we have a lot sure. of people that have been doing this for 20 years. And guess what? The world has changed in the last 20 years. The world has changed in the last year. I am sure that that it'll it'll just be fine. It, it's the the just to be clear. It's for me. It's it's a it's another cat herding exercise that I'm not it, all excited it'll about. It'll be fun. <laughs> hey, so speaking of all this engineering teams and and moves away from test teams and quality teams. Yeah, I've been the uh, chair of this uh, community community at Microsoft for sort of a higher level testers at microsoft we call it the quality and test experts community is it engineering been been doing it for about five years so no it's quality and test experts community so i've been the chair of that for about five years and this other group only five years i think so the group's only been around for six maybe six years Uh, actually james whittaker was the first chair for about six months and then he went to work for some other company that paid him a buttload of money yeah and then uh, i took over when he left so anyway uh we feels like it's been that T in there is going to go away. Just gone? It's just gone. And we don't have a good acronym for our community yet, but we've, uh, we're going to rebrand the community and reboot the community this summer. Um, to, while I'm gone, I've already written up the, the mails on this for it to be sent by someone else. But we are going to get rid of QTech and from the ashes emerge uh, a community of Still senior people, but, um, engineering leaders, 
um, whether they're managers or not, who are interested in uh, quality discussions. So we're, we want to make the community more open to people not, um, I want to say not in test, but not from test backgrounds, and, and kind of reframe a little bit of what the community is doing um, and how um, kind of things we talk about. So imagine you have this group talking about combined engineering um, of eight people, but I'm sure there's some case studies that I'm sure there's one of these groups of eight people talking about this in about 25 different teams at Microsoft. Um, We can, those sorts of things are things we can learn from each other on. And my, Mm -hmm. my view around community is it isn't just a distribution list. In fact, we don't use ours at all. Uh, the QTEX one? No. It's basically, hey. Yeah. My my goal with the community is just to provide people a method of discovering what they don't know they don't know. So and they do that by one through the the talking heads at our events or the panel discussions or the group discussions we have, but mainly through meeting other members and other teams and making those connections and uh, finding ways to use those connections to help them with their job. And we've had tons of success stories in that area. And so by branding it as sort of a quality community, and I hate—I almost hate using the Q word there, but I got to figure out a better name. Yeah, and I'll—I'll I'll, I'll help you with that. Although you and I were trying to do that with the other—I know, we're not, we're not, <laughs> or, yeah. Because um, so, so the thoughts that came into my mind, right? First and foremost, it's easy to change that T to telemetry. No, that's not. That's. that's and I know you know let, this, so I'm thinking let, you're let going me, a different let direction. Let me tangentize. I'm worried, I mentioned this before, that the former testers at Microsoft are now over-indexing on how to get instrumentation in the code and get telemetry back and analyze that like that's their new sole purpose and job. And then someone asked me, uh, going back another step, we'll pop us off the stack. Uh, the other day, someone asked me about the changes and what they meant and do I, you know, I don't know what I do as a as a quality person anymore. And what I told them was this. I said, look, whatever it was 10, 12 years ago, Microsoft decided they were going to hire SDETs, people, testers who could code. It wasn't rolled out well. We're hiring SDETs. And the mental model that went into that is we want to hire people who can write automation. And we hired a bunch of people who could write a bunch of automation. And then we ended up with a bunch of tests that didn't do crap and a bunch of tests that failed. We had to investigate. And we ended up exactly what we looked for. We, we, we looked for people who could write a bunch of automation. And that's what we got. Yep. But I want to reframe that. I want to go back in my time machine and say, we want to hire testers who know how to solve problems with code. That's always been my message. It, it, yes. Well, you and I, yeah, you're special. You're special. So if you go fast forward to now. I'm thinking you can just fix this automation thing just by saying we want people who can write high ROI automation. Uh, don't get ROI. I can't even measure that. Um, what's the ROI that ROI? So anyway. Sure you can. Anyway, shut up. You can measure shut everything. Up. Shut up. <laughs> you have the book. The problem, the problem today is the same. We, we still need. We still have quality folks, testers, people, whatever. We still have people who can solve problems with code. The problems you're solving, we're saying the problem's different now. The problem is we want to know how customers use the product. The problem is that we want to know um, right away if our service is failing so we can roll back or, or you know, make a decision. Problems we're solving with code. We don't, the last thing I think we need is a software design engineer in telemetry or thousands of them. Yes, we need to know how to use that data better, and that's a problem we need to solve with code. But 
I worry, you know, the, the pro- so what are, what we look for testers to do, these big systems thinkers, these quality people, people who, who are quality or test specialists on an engineering team. They're big systems thinkers. They know how to look at the big picture and figure out what the problems are and what needs to be solved. And they know when to use code, when to use code, whether it's PowerShell or SQL or C Sharp or, or a native service or whatever, um, to solve that problem. That's what we need. It's what we've always needed. So we always needed that role to do. But I think as a company, be very careful not to make the same mistake we made hiring people who would write a um, hundred thousand test cases, automated test cases, and have approach our new emphasis on instrumentation and telemetry with that same over-indexed, slightly in the wrong direction approach. As you were talking, because I, I was been puzzling in my head, what are the sort of the people that you would want to let's imagine that you came up with the right name and you send out the announcement like who are the people you would want to attract and, and attract and, and form a, a new community around and as i heard you talking it seemed almost like how to fail fast with again a high roi it's about quality great we can measure it's not going to be a value for us to be measuring quality of things two years ago. Correct. Right. Um, There's also sort of a a reframing of what quality is, which, which in my view is, is around customer value. Mm -hmm. And the other one would be um, how do we determine faster that, that the direction we're going is in the weeds and we need to go in a new direction. Right. And in addition to that, I'm also there's two other communities that are kind of aligned to that. There's the data science community of which I've um, never really participated in. Um, And then there's the the data driven engineering community, which which is supposed to be a lot more uh, applied scientists, at least as I think about it. I am on the the leadership team on that one, but I have been a poor member of that leadership team. I've gone to I think two meetings and, and two communities. I probably need to open my seat for someone who will be a bit more active on that. I'm a lot more active on QTech because what 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 my passion is is right now is help leading the change around these soon to be orphaned folks and get them into the right positions yeah. and, well, could this be well, we talked a lot last time sort of the distinction between data science and data analyst could this no, be uh, sort of a, a an applied data analyst could this be a community where we say quit doing that do this maybe what i want to do is there's been a lot of overlap between and some of it purposeful but as you're making these these shifts a lot of overlap between the old quality and testing community and the data driven data driven uh, engineering community yep and and then what i a, wanted to provide was a way to provide a some services. more separation between the purpose and the value of those communities for maybe, our community you know, maybe this is the t so you were just talking about a t person the t person yes right these other communities are kind of the 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 vertical line yes the data-driven community is it's interesting um that community from from my view into it um, is very deep. Their events are talking heads for 
you know, a big chunk of the time. It's very little networking. Yeah, and it and the topics are very data science focused, very stats focused. And I think what's missing is the applicability. And so maybe what this is, actually, maybe what this is, is on quality, maybe you're a community broker. Perhaps. And I, I think well, I, I, a little mm-hmm. bit I want to wait and see how it's going to grow. We had some discussion about like adding extra, uh, you know, do we need more people on the leadership team, different people on the leadership team? And what we decided was, you know, it's going to be better right now to let's, let's rebrand the community, have a little soft relaunch, and let's kind of see what happens, see kind of how it forms. The, the, my goal stays the same. I want to provide a method for people of this community to discover what they don't know they don't know. But I want to talk about some combined engineering or engineering teams is a good thing. This is an improvement, a good a topic for discussion because it's an improvement to the way we engineer, to the way we make software, higher quality software. I can't speak. Um, so I'm looking for, you know, we'll have topics like that. And we do a lot more discussion, you know, roundtables and panels. And in fact, the soft launch event is going to be a barbecue this summer where people are just going to eat and hang out. So how is the, the Munch and Mingles going? Those are for those outside. Those are, you know, four or five people show up. Not that exciting. And the, and is it just a chat and talk about stuff? Yeah, it's good. It's it's pretty much. It's a I'll call it a soft lean coffee. Um, I don't I don't uh, always show up, so I can't impose you know the lean coffee principles on them. But it usually ends up working like that. All right. So hey, uh, we're about out of time, and this is the last time that Brent and I will talk to you. Brent may decide to come steal my equipment out of my office and record some on his own. I don't think he will. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But uh, we're taking a break, and we'll be back um, very early in September with all kinds of fun stories to share. Yeah, and by that time we'll have forgotten what number we're on, and by that we'll be on number ten, double digits when double, you come back. I know it's that exciting <laughs> and. Uh, I, I just got to say one thing in passing is uh, I've been massively busy, but I did take three hours off on Tuesday to watch a very exciting. I, I lost about 10 years of my life watching the, the U S Belgium world cup match. Sad ending. I'm still not quite over it yet. I was so happy that the U S played in the last game of, of the round of 16. Yep. There were no games yesterday. And I, I needed that. I could not watch. I would not have been able to watch soccer yesterday. There was. A I, ne- I needed a, a, a break. So, so who are you cheering for now? Well, my flight uh, goes out in between the uh, semifinal, the last semifinal, and the final. So, I would love to be watching France in the final from France. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, um, I'm I'm cheering hard for France. They looked pretty good for a team that barely qualified. So did Mexico for another team that barely qualified. I'm sad they lost to to uh, to uh, Netherlands. Yeah. So, but, so, so just some. It's just been a great. A so great, I grew great up in, in Southern California, and, and currently the, the the teams I I was hoping if I was hoping for USA or Mexico, Mexico both of those are out. So I'm I'm going I'm going with the Vatos. So Costa Rica. Yeah, or, I'm a or bit, Colombia. I always support Colombia's out. Um. Uh, but I always support the CONCACAF teams. And, and the only one left now is Costa Rica. And I'm pretty sure I'm, uh, I'm currently anti-Netherlands. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I know Robin will never listen to this uh, podcast. But, yes, that was a penalty in the last play. But do you have to freaking embellish so much, you Hollywood actor 
DB. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. It makes me not like your whole team because you play like that. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right. All should... right. On that note, okay. have, have a great vacation. Hey, everybody. Alan. I will. And happy summer to all of you. Uh, I will probably not think of you at all, but uh, I shouldn't have told you that. But I will, you'll be in my heart and head forever. Will you be blogging? Nope. I'm barely going to check email. I'm setting up like That's really fantastic. strict rules that I, I have some personal mails come to my email that I want to check on, but everything else is uh, going to the a folder that I will delete. And my oof message is going to say that I'm probably going to delete your message, so just send it again in September. I am going to be off the grid as much as possible. Jimmy Crack Corn and Alan does not care. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, All right. everybody. Thank you, guys. Right. Bye.